Testing. Testing one, two, three. This is Jack Crawford, sole crew member aboard the Terrapin. I'm attempting to circumnavigate the Great Channel. This is my 55th day on the water, and it was quite a day. Um, after climbing up that sort of corkscrew of fog yesterday and the afternoon before, I began my day in the same uh, same system where I'd left off, and uh, for about another three or four hours till about noon, was in the same spiral, just constantly turning left, up and up and up, and. Uh, the fog dropped away at about noon, when the sun was right overhead, which probably had something to do with it. And um, when it dropped away, it I kind of left it behind, and it faded around me, but there was still a layer of fog below me. So all of a sudden, I emerged from this fog bank and could see the jungle behind me uh, that I had come through for miles and miles because I was above it. I had risen hundreds of feet in the air above the jungle and I could see the corkscrew going up and going down below uh, until it disappeared into the fog, of course. And I could see the end of the corkscrew, and this is where it got strange. Um, I don't understand, and I, it's my favorite thing to say night after night is that I don't understand, but somehow the water has been pushing itself around and around and around up this mountain that I'm on. And where this mountain plateaus, I'm looking up, you know, when I emerged out of the fog and I can just see the water going up and up and up. And then the mountain plateaus. And I don't know what the next step there is. Uh, and this mountain's easily half a mile, if not more, across. Uh, three quarters of a mile at the plateau. Massive, massive mountain. Not incredibly high-reaching, but very wide. And Eventually, I continue sailing, and I reach the top, and I'm terrified to find what's up there. And what was up there was actually worse than the ascent. I talked a lot yesterday about how paranoid I was about rising through that fog blindly. This was, um, this was much worse, because I could see exactly what I had to do, and I had to do it. 
is a hollow mountain that at the plateau the corkscrew of the channel sort of crested the top and then very smoothly kept circling but just started to circle inwards down inside of this hollowed out mountain perhaps it's an old volcano or something or maybe the water just eroded it but inside a reverse corkscrew the exact same concept but back down and um the water was much faster um i made it all the way to the ground in about two hours and re-emerged out of a cave on the opposite side of the mountain from where I had entered. But the journey down was absolutely brutal. I mean, it was like I was falling half the time. This, I mean, it was a steep descent and the water was just pounding, rushing. I mean, it was, the worst part of it was, it was this coil, right, that was getting, instead of narrower and narrower, uh, it was getting wider and wider, but the space in between the coil, you know, from one side of the mountain to the other, was um, was empty. It, it wasn't like a, a hallway that curved. It was a chamber an open, hollowed-out mountain. And so there was very little shore on either side of the channel for me to worry about. And there were a few points where I was starting to worry about if the pin was going to fall into the chasm as I'm just rushing down and down and down. And... Luckily, I was moving so quickly, I had to focus on that descent. And so I didn't spend too much time uh, uh, worrying about falling in, because I had to just make sure that I wasn't going to, you know? But um, eventually, down and down and down, made it to the bottom, and there was this pool just for a second, this, this sort of, you know, like, um, like at the end of a water slide where you hit that nice, one of those really long water slides, or maybe they just feel long because you're a kid, and then you get to the end and it's this calm for a second, right, and then you have to get out of the way because there's another kid or whatever, this felt like that, but there was no one behind me, and I just kept going uh, out that cave, and the channel just continued on. I was able to, the fog at that point was uh, still above me, but I could see the sun, and uh, looked it looked to be in about the right place, west enough, you know, and... Uh, so that was just the most bizarre, meandering turn that the channel has taken in a month and a half out here. Uh, six
six weeks, very nearly, but, um, kept going, just returned to the jungle, and, uh, on this side, it was obviously much more immediate, you know, when I entered the corkscrew, it was on the northern side of the mountain, it was a very gradual slope, right, this mountain had clearly blended in, or there was just a lot of soil and stuff that it built up, so the mountain was very blended between the flock and the trees with the rest of the channel. On this side, it was pretty stark, you know. Um, I think if I had been paying a little more attention when I rounded the mountain, I would have actually noticed this part of the channel heading away. But even if I had, there's not a whole lot I could have done, you know. Uh, I'm up on the mountain, and I see the channel... Uh, heading south below me, right? Uh, what could I do? I can't lift the pin. Uh, the one time I've moved it over land, when I took it off of that dry dock many months ago, um, I mean, that was a process. There were, gosh, eight of us carrying her, and that was eight of us carrying an unrigged, unfurnished, empty cabin version of the pin. I mean, there's easily hundreds of pounds more stuff on there now. Uh, you know, so probably for the best, I would have been going up the mountain miserable knowing that the channel kept going behind me or below me. So I guess that was for the best. It, it was a white-knuckle ride, though, I tell you what. Just a bizarre trip that was, but entered the jungle again, and after coming back down, it was almost actually a relief to hear the monkeys and the birds and stuff again, you know? And, uh, good to be back among them. Uh, spotted some really interesting frogs this evening, right before I stopped, because there wasn't much time once I'd made it down the mountain, but spotted these little tiny frogs uh, on a branch that was sort of close, right, over the channel. Not, you know, low branch, but easy to maneuver around, so the mask would have been fine. But and these frogs, um, uh, very small, maybe two inches long and an inch wide, right? That proportion's probably not quite right, but whatever. And these incredible shades of like a um, like a bright blue and purple, bluish purple, you know, a very very cold purple. I, I'm not good at describing colors, but like a, almost like if you took a purple that you get right at the start of sunset, you know, and you. Um, you brightened it, you know, I mean, they were almost fluorescent purple, but again, a very cold purple, like, you know, if you'd added a little bit more blue to the mixture, you'd say, oh, that's a shade of blue, not a shade of purple, but, um, very, very bright with these little tiny white spots on their backs and no pattern or anything. 
just hanging out there. Beautiful. Um, two or three of them just sitting on the branch, catching bugs, I guess. After a day in fog, <laughs> good to be with some animals again, but it's been a long day. That was uh, harrowing. That was probably, you know, the most afraid I've been. But it ended up alright. I'm sure it always will. And there's always frogs at the end of the waterfall. As that old saying goes. <laughs> Doesn't it? Or did I just make that up? I'm tired. But that's okay. This is Jack Crawford. Sole crew member aboard the Terrapin. Attempting to circumnavigate the Great Channel. The river that... On a global scale is supposedly a, a straight line, but I guess I'm out here to prove, and can certainly prove now, it isn't always. But nothing should be, right? Everything needs curves now and again, or it'd get boring. See you tomorrow.